The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Welcome to Issues That Matter, a weekly program featuring interesting topics and fascinating guests. Each week, Issues That Matter tackles the concerns of people across all spectrums. And now, with this week's edition of Issues That Matter, here are your hosts, Edward King and Kristen Hurley. Yeah, Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Today, I want to introduce two really important guests for us, and it's an ongoing saga, so it's it's not like we can cover all of the issues in one minute or in one hour, but uh, let me just get right to it. So I'm going to introduce to you Nicole Sirotek. She is the original founder of American Frontline Nurses, and it all started when she ended up in New York and uh, was right deep in the middle of the COVID panic and uh, just kind of opened her eyes. And her other partner in crime is Julia McCabe, and she is the Director of Advocacy Services of the American Frontline Nurses. And I want to just welcome both of you. Thank you so much for joining our show. Nicole? Thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate you taking the time to hear our story. Right. And Julia? Yes. Thank you so much, Edward. It is a pleasure to be on your show today. Right. Now, you know, I know that you're far away, probably in Texas or something like that. So um, we'll get right to it. So the American frontline nurses, many, many people know, but the, the primary goal of it is to educate, to equip, to empower nurses, as well as patients and their families. And it's to advocate for their health care so that they can receive safe and equitable and appropriate care and there's been so much misinformation there's been so much of a distraction from the cdc and you know on this particular pandemic or plandemic as some people like to call it and nicole let's go back to you because you know in essence as i've researched your story and you ended up on the front lines in new york city and, and you weren't in the, the high-end elite hospitals. You were in the middle of the road, the, the people in need. And what is it that you ran into and experienced as you were there battling the COVID? Well, I definitely noticed that it was complete unorganized chaos for what should have been deemed a mass casualty incident. Nobody was following uh, FEMA protocols for mass casualty. And they had a lot of the inappropriately skilled, like, healthcare professionals there. Not to say that they weren't good healthcare professionals. They were just the wrong skill set. And so they had a lot of, like, OR nurses, a lot of school nurses, a lot of med surge nurses there to manage people on ventilators that they didn't have previous experience or enough training and education on ventilators to keep someone safe on the ventilator. Not to mention there was the panic and the hysteria, the lack of PPE. They didn't want us going in there more than four times in a 12 hour shift to conserve on PPE and to prevent us from getting sick. But Mm -hmm. it was just absolute pandemonium in there. And in that chaos, people started to die from bad care. 
Right. I never saw anyone die from COVID. I saw them not being fed, not being given water. Nobody was making sure that their bowels were regulated. Nobody mm-hmm. was taking care of the UTIs that they were getting from their catheters, you know, or they didn't know how to manage the ventilators appropriately and dangerous settings were set. And that's what killed a patient or they weren't monitoring the labs or their fluid volumes or anything like that. And so it was just incredibly um, dangerous healthcare is what it was. Mm-hmm. So Nicole, Nicole, when you, when you came into there, what was your experience in your background? What did you bring with you to the hospital and to the front line there? Um, I brought uh, 10 years of nursing experience where I think eight or more, no, eight, I'd say six to eight years of that was ICU. Um, Six years of flight. I'm trying to think it's been a decade, uh, six years of trauma in flight. Um, so I was a flight nurse. I flew around in a plane, in a helicopter, land at trauma scenes. I also did several humanitarian missions, um, over to Haiti and other countries like that. So, um, uh, in flight, we're trained for uh, mass casualty incidents mm-hmm. with our PHTLS or IHTLS, um, as well as many FEMA certs as well. So, I wasn't just some hick from the sticks that they kept trying to say that I just was not used to being in a big hospital. And I'm like, no, I I know how to manage a ventilator. I I do this every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I intubate people. We literally have to go and intubate so many people every year uh, out in the field. And if not, then we have to go into skills lab and do it on cadavers. So to say that I was unqualified was ridiculous. So we can can establish mm -hmm. the fact that you were well-qualified And what you were up against was not only the pandemic disease that we got from China, but also the fact that the other members on your team, you know, the school nurses, as you've mentioned, and so forth, hadn't had the same experience factors that they could bring to bear on this very challenging time. And so my understanding is your experience in in New York is what led you to start American Frontline Nurses and then how did Julia get involved in this as well? So kind of give us a, a, a building block here of what American Frontline Nurses was, how it came to being, and I see that it was a response to your experiences in New York City. So after I left New York and I kind of picked my life back up off, you know, from the rubble that it became mm-hmm. after everyone started searching me. They thought I was a psyop. They didn't think I was a real nurse. And so I said, you know, I'm not going to ever let this happen again. I'm not going to let these people like people get poor care because I was in an inner city where people didn't care because they were low income or minorities or, you know, it was, you know, um, low income Jewish families. They, They didn't care because these people I felt they treated like they were disposable because we were in an inner city hospital. We were in the slums. So I said, I'm never going to let this happen again. And I, I said, hey, we have nurses all over the country, and it is our job to protect patients in the hospitals and other areas of healthcare. What if we put nurses at the forefront and we use nurses to help people in these hospitals and help navigate that bureaucracy? Because it, healthcare is so convoluted that you need someone to help you through it, to understand the system and the nuances and all of the... Uh, healthcare bureaucracy that goes with it and nurses are excellent at navigating that. So we started to create a format for training nurse advocates and um, these nurse advocates would then, uh, as people came to us needing help because no one was listening to their needs in the hospital, like not giving them food, not giving them appropriate care. I mean, you come in with a stroke and they're treating you for COVID. 
And uh, our nurses would help the families navigate that. You should talk to the doctor about this. You should talk to the doctor about this. That doesn't seem safe. Ask them what the pros and cons of this procedure are or the benefits and the risks because they just wouldn't do that. Or make sure that they didn't make your family member an automatic DNR. Mm-hmm. So nurses knew all of that information and they would disseminate that and work with the families. And then the families would communicate with that to the healthcare you know, providers, such as doctors. And Julia was one of our first uh, cohorts of nurse advocates that came on board. Um, so she, she got in the thick of it. We were building the plane as we were falling to the ground. Literally. At, <laughs> yeah. at the height of Delta, the height of Delta. So Julia, do you want to take on over that? Yeah. Um, I, I, well, when Nicole was in New York, I was in a dialysis unit. So I was seeing the aftermath of what she was seeing in the hospitals, the patients that actually got out of the hospitals and were landing in the dialysis unit units because of the bad care. Mm-hmm. And I started at that point reaching out to Nicole, but because, you know, everything was so crazy and it was hard to get, it was hard to get in touch with each other. We tried I want to say she probably has my phone number and my email in her phone about seven different times from the times that we, mm-hmm. nobody wanted us to connect. Let's put it that way. Hmm. Um, it was crazy. And when she started recruiting nurses, I, I'm like, Hey, I'm here. I've been trying to get in touch with you for over a year. What can I do to help? And it just literally in the height of Delta, we started the advocate network. And she had already started, she was starting to bring people on and I just jumped in and I was already a nurse educator prior to that. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was a manager of a dialysis unit in my local area. And so I just, I took the lead. I'm like, what do you need me to do? What can I help? What can I help with? And within, I don't know, maybe a month of me connecting with her, I was the director of advocacy services. (laughs) I mean, it all happened so fast. Well, that's so trial by fire. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, honestly, I've run many corporations and many large businesses. And the thing I understand is it's even at the C-level suite, it's all about the team. Mm-hmm. You know, one person can't survive and, and drive it. I know there's always a point of the spear, which is what Nicole would have been and was. But it's really a matter of pulling all of your team together with the same focus and same direction. Now, I have some more questions. I want to get into the vaccine injuries later on, but I just want to make this one statement. Naturally, it came from Senator Ron Johnson. He basically asked if the question was, do you agree that the greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic is the government, U.S. government? Because you people were literally knee deep in this front lines um, fighting the battle every day do you feel that there has been a lot of misinformation about the pandemic from the start absolutely i mean all the way from when the news was reporting that you shouldn't give patients ibuprofen for fevers that was misinformation they Mm -hmm. said that you shouldn't give them Ativan on the ventilators as a, as a sedative, give them fentanyl or something else instead. That was also misinformation. It was misinformation when they said that once you get COVID, you could never get it again. Our patients came to us and said, hey, I got COVID a second time. Mm-hmm. It was misinformation by the government when they said, oh, once you get this vaccine, you can't, uh, you can't get COVID and you can't spread it. Our patients were coming to us telling us that once they got it, because they wanted to do their part to end the pandemic. They got it again. They got COVID again, and they got it worse than they had the first time. 
And then they also spread it to the vulnerable people in their family. So the government was the biggest perpetrator of misinformation, not the front line. So would you say that the masks weren't as effective as they led us to believe? They weren't, not unless you're wearing a properly fitted N95 or, um, you know, a different type of respirator that uh, is actually for that particulate matter. Mm-hmm. A standard mask, like a surgical mask or, you know, the ones that were being made by like, you know, quilting circles and churches and things like that, that was not saving people because they were coming to us saying, I did all the things, I did all the things and I still got sick. Mm -hmm. And they came to us and we believed them because Mm -hmm. the government can tell us whatever they want to say, but I'm going to believe my patients before I believe the government. And if my patients are saying that they wore a mask and they did everything that they were supposed to do and they still got sick and they still ended up in the hospital and they still ended up on a ventilator, it was misinformation from the government and they lied to the people. Yeah. And there's so much more we can talk about when we get to talking about the vaccine injuries that you all have seen since they were incorporated into the general population. But I know uh, Christine has, Kristen has a couple of questions that she wants to get in into the mix here because she's like there's punching me so in the much arm. to break she's down punching me <laughs> in the arm. ladies we, we could go on for hours right <clears throat> well so a, a couple of things i want to make sure we address by the end of the our time together here is you guys are being regularly and daily attacked now we know the hypocrisy runs thick and deep with respect to the covid nightmare we've all lived through the scamdemic as we say but anyone who came out against the narrative and nicole this was you early on and i remember watching your the video that went viral where all you were doing was questioning what was going on and reporting on what you saw and everyone who has come out and tried to ask questions, say, are we making the right decisions? Is this actually sanity check? What's going on here? Are brutally silenced by mm-hmm. not only the U.S. government and the complicit media and that sort of thing. So I want to give you guys a space to talk about what has personally been happening to you since you've came out again, you know, asking questions about the COVID pandemic and then starting American Frontline Nurses. What are you guys going through? Well, we've been habitually and systematically attacked by organizations that have been created by the like the government. I'm not even joking you. This sounds like a conspiracy theorist, but you can find them on the internet. Um, so since I spoke at Senator Ron Johnson's, uh, you know, in January of 2022, we have been systematically stalked. It's called gang stalking and hunted by a team Uh, an organization called Team Halo. And you can go to their website. It's like teamhalo.org or something like that. You can Google search Mm -hmm. them. They're a United Nations um, and World Economic Forum created organizations where they gave these nurses, doctors, epidemiologists, people like that, um, preferential algorithm treatment on TikTok. You know, the CCP controlled social media app. Um, and told them, go out there and educate people that the vaccine is safe and effective. But they, that's not what they did. 
you know, I have, I respect people's right to freedom of speech. If you want to go do that, go do that. That's your business. I don't want anyone telling me I have to take it. I'm not going to tell anyone that they're not allowed to take it. So instead of educating people on, you know, safety or anything like that, many of them decided to attack anyone who spoke out against the narrative. And they worked in conjunction with an organization called Shots Heard Round the World. And you can Google them. They're an official website. Um, they are sponsored by the Public Good Project, which is funded by the World, um, the Rockefeller Foundation. And Shots Heard Around the World, they are a group of healthcare providers that will go and attack you on social media and get you de-licensed. So the members of Team Halo and the members of Shots Heard Around the World, they overlap because they're members of both, a lot of them. They will go and swarm your licensing board. They've done it to me. They did it to Dr. Scott Jensen. Um, they did it to Dr. Merrick and, and Dr. Corey. Dr. Mary Bowden. Dr. Dr. Mary Bowden. <laughs> They've done it to I everybody. Mean, all, all of us. And they boast about it in their secret Facebook groups and their secret WhatsApp chats um, on how to get people delicensed. And so what they do is they go and make TikTok videos telling people, oh, look at this person. They're spreading this information. And one of the biggest ones uh, that was assigned to attack me is that sassy MP and another one named Just 2019 her name isn't Jessica. They lie about their names and their credentialing and what states they're in. So they make TikTok videos and tell people to go and report you to your licensing board. And so they did that to me here in Nevada and they buried me in complaints to the fact that it was like financially bankrupting me. And then they would attack um, any patients that we were helping because we used to promote like, hey guys, look, we helped save this person. We got this person off a ventilator. We're helping this medical kidnapping case. And we wanted to share inspirational stories that yes, people do survive this. And there's hope. And then they started attacking our patients. They called immigration on one Hispanic family that, quite honestly, I don't even think they know what his, like Hispanic country their family or originated from because they've been in, they don't know, like most people don't know where their origin country ancestry came from. They're American citizens. They attacked one of our kindergarten teachers that we were trying to get off a ventilator that unfortunately died because we got stalemated in court. They put her up on a site called sorryantivaxer.com, even though she was vaccinated because she was a kindergarten teacher. And they just keep attacking you and attacking you. We had to hide all of our nurses because they started to go after them. So we pulled everyone down and we had all the nurses working in secrecy. So people would come to us for help help and they would email us or get a hold of us through social media messaging and we would screen them and then we would assign them a nurse advocate to help them or we would give them the necessary tools or resources that they need and so far I had to surrender my license in the state of Nevada because I couldn't afford to fight for it anymore and I let my Utah license expired um, but in the meantime they just continued to attack us they got a vice reporter to write a hit piece on us saying that I was, uh, I falsified medical records. To be quite honest, I have not worked as a nurse since March 20, March 24th of 2021 when I was let go because of um, the mandates. So to say that I falsified a medical record in a state away, like how would I even have access to that? But um, because we helped a pediatric patient, they didn't like that. Mm -hmm. um, they tell people that we're grifters, even though 100% of donations go back out to program services, such as us going into churches and teaching people how to like manage their health, what to do if they have COVID, what happens if you, a loved one is in the hospital, or we send out medical supplies to them. Julie and I just sent out um, several hundred dollars worth of medical supplies to a Native American single mom just on Monday. 
And I mean, we sent out wheelchair ramps to people, which by the way, you can buy on Amazon (laughs) and uh, wheelchair motors. I mean, things like that. Mm -hmm. We've sent out over a hundred pounds of retrofitted clothing, meaning that it's been a local seamstresses would add a little pockets for uh, diabetes pumps or extra snaps and flaps and zippers and Velcro to access medical devices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we provided over a thousand religious exemptions for people pro bono and team halo and shots heard around the world do not like that. And they have been systematically attacking us to the point where it has become a safety concern. People have threatened to rape and murder my children in front of me that they will burn my house down. My oh God, it's always so hard to talk about this. So these people are really ethical, moral people. I can tell by the quality. Yeah. Yeah. It's no different than the World Economic Forum, obviously, the funder, the the sources of the world. And, you know, I don't want to bring all of that, you know, bad experience. No, that's fine. But here's the point that I was getting to with that story is that people need to join with American Frontline Nurses, and you can find them on the website, AmericanFrontlineNurses.org. They need financial backing. They need emotional backing. They need nurses and doctors and others in the medical fields to, you know, volunteer, get involved. And so even though they haven't asked, I'm going to ask for our audience that um, you would seriously think about supporting these people on a month-to-month basis or a large gift. I know that when we did uh, Project Hood out of Chicago, a very good um, donation came in for $5 million and it really made a difference. And so I'm going to be bold and I'm going to ask our listeners to actually step up. And here's the reason why is because, you know, these people are taking bows and, you know, arrows and, and attacks And they're standing in the gap for us because it's not just the pandemic that we have to be concerned about. The reality is that's just a beginning in terms of the attack on the freedoms that we need as Americans. And so just don't think, well, you know, we're so sorry to hear about their story, but it doesn't, you know, impact me or my family. But the reality is, This is not going to be the last pandemic. This is not going to be the last loss of freedoms that we've experienced here in America. And so please reach out, look for AmericanFrontlineNurses.org. And with that, we have to take a quick break for our sponsors. You're listening to Business Sense Radio. We're doing issues that matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley, and we will be right back. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit. Four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at FreedomFest.com. See you in Memphis. 
Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, business writing, Outlook, and sexual harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at alliancetrains.com. Well, thank you for um, staying tuned. And we are back with Nicole and Julia of American Frontline Nurses. And I know Kristen is punching me in the arm again because she wants another question. So go for it. Uh, So (laughs) we, touching on what Edward was saying before the break, this is not going to be the end of it. And I do appreciate anyone who is asking the hard questions, sticking their neck out for the rest of us to stand in the way of of tyranny and, excuse me, may I say domestic terrorism, which is nothing short of what you guys are experiencing, threats to your family and your children and your your homes and your, your professional licenses, if you're going against the narrative. And there's such an incredible need to break away from the medical industrial complex as it is today, right? We feel more and more crunched every time you step foot in your doctor's office and they're treating you by what the computer tells them to treat you with, right? Um, we've mm-hmm. all felt this disintegration of actual health care and wellness care and well-being. It's big pharma or bust. So I really appreciate not only you guys, you know, caring for patients and supporting people with respect to COVID, but you are part of this movement here in America towards independent medicine, independent healthcare, breaking away from the Kaisers and the big, you know, the, the big pharma world. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, it's popping up across the nation. How do you guys hope to participate in this moving forward and grow your organization, provide independent healthcare for people? Um, yeah, that, that is a great question. And we have been working with multiple providers across the U.S. to be able to provide telehealth services. Um, and then eventually the plan is, is to have um, standalone clinics that are freedom-minded, that are willing to prescribe the prescriptions that they're being told not to prescribe. We recently um, partnered with the wellness company. They're out of uh, Miami, Florida, and they are, uh, they're a brand new telehealth company that started in September of last year. But we're already seeing huge strides in the patient care that we're getting. Um, they also work with my free doctor and Dr. Peter McCullough is the chief scientific officer of the wellness company. So, I mean, we're not talking with, you know, just little guys here we're you know we're working with the big guys um and it's been incredible the ba- the patient care that we've been able to give that we've been able to give to the patients with all of this um after you know i mean just the government in general with everything with what's happening with the train you know the train derailment in ohio they government didn't go and you know try to help the people out there, but yet the wellness company stepped up and is offering free health care to anyone that's been affected by East Palestine train wreck and until at least August mm. of this year. Um, 
so they're, you know, it's, it is telehealth, but they are working towards getting stand, um, standalone clinics and they're, they work with the speed of light in the way I look at it. If they want something done, there's no stopping them. And that's why we're so thankful to be able to partner with them and be able to offer our patients and families the care. They're in the process right now of um, pulling together a complete wellness package that you get supplements involved. Mm-hmm. You get supplements, you get um, care from their doctors. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a complete change in healthcare of what we see today. Cause it's COVID just opened the eyes to the medical issues that we've had for years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've right. actually, we've actually been doing a series mm-hmm. that we started the middle of this month, um, 31 ways that healthcare got it wrong. So if anybody wants to go to our website and check out our blog, we are highlighting different ways of how medicine got it wrong. In fact, yesterday's was how doctors in the four, in the thirties and forties promoted smoking for lung health. Wow. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's our medicine is not just broken now. It's been mm-hmm. broken for a very long time. And the wellness company is working towards fixing that. And that's well, also what American frontline nurses is doing. Yes. And I, I would suggest that you amend that uh, name to 31 and counting Yes. Because, <laughs> yeah, you can keep going. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah, we we have we've we have little series that we're going to be doing off of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to take well, different pieces right. of it. And and this do is different. the beauty of America, ladies. I mean, it, it we are self solving people, right? And we've come to the crossroads here, and it the, it's for everything, but specifically mm-hmm. with medicine, where we have to innovate. And break free and start fresh. And then that's what Americans do. So I, I appreciate you guys are on the cutting edge of that. And it's a good thing that they're in Florida because I personally yeah. know here in California that um, the state of California is really doing everything it can to shut down the voices of the medical community that is speaking out the truth, yes. as well as providers for medications. There is an organization called Pure Science pharmacy down in Southern California and their their specialty is doing compounding pharmacy but they're shutting down in the middle of April because of the pressures of the government here in the state of California so yes. you know this battle that we're fighting the battle that you and American frontline nurses is fighting is not just a national issue it's a state level issue it's a local level issue and then they have personalized it with the text that you're sharing with us that's insane <clears throat> what they're doing to you and your family and to doctors and nurses across our country mm-hmm. so yeah and uh what do you guys think of the fda so time honored tradition right since the fda oh, was started uh, I, I won't i won't say what i really think do we have yeah do we have another recorded? 10 hours <laughs> Can of worms, but as Americans are asking questions and we're reevaluating what the heck has happened here, right? And we're reevaluating government at every level in what does the Bill of Rights actually mean? You know, we're all going through a, a real awakening here. So <laughs> the FDA, speaking of restricting doctors to what they can or cannot say to their patients and restricting what they can and cannot prescribe to their patients, the insanity knows no bounds. But what do you guys think we need to do with the FDA? It's a completely defunct 
sorry, corrupt, excuse me, <laughs> um, govern, you know, administrative state government agency. Where do we go from here with that? What are your opinions? Personally, my <laughs> opinion, and I know Nicole and I feel pretty much the same. Um, the FDA is supposed to be they're supposed to protect people, yeah. but that's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. And they are basically being paid off by big pharma and being told what to do by big pharma. If you do any searching on who is, you know, who's currently on the board of the FDA right now and where were they, where did they used to work and vice versa? They, big pharma companies and the FDA, it's a revolving door. They go from one to the other, from one to the other. And the same thing with the CDC. You mm -hmm. look at the CDC and who's on their current board, who their funding is from, um, even the national, you know, the National Council of State Board of Nursing. Um, we've done a lot of digging and we've found connections with all of these people and they all are backed by WEF and the Rockefellers. So is and that similar to Twitter and the FBI? Yeah. Where, the F, where the FBI goes yep. from yep. FBI it's, to Twitter executives. Exactly. It's all exactly. intertwined. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're right now because of everything we're, we're working on with, um, with the nursing boards and everything. Um, we've discovered that there's some very deep ties and a lot of deep money in mm -hmm. the national council of state board of nursing and their director or what is, uh, I'm looking to see what he calls himself. Um, he is, he's directly connected to WEF and being funded. They are quote unquote, the World a economic forum. Yes. Is yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They are quote unquote, a nonprofit yet that if you look at their finances, the, the director of the national council of board of nursing has made over $900,000. Well, she's underpaid. Just look at how much they're making at Black Lives Matter. You know, oh yeah, multi-million <laughs> yeah. dollar houses. That's yeah. It's that's just one person. Mm -hmm. That's just one person. And how how is a nonprofit able to afford to pay that? And Nicole and I work for free, and we're a nonprofit. We <laughs> do not. We do not get paid. <laughs> we gave up our nursing careers for this. We do not get paid. Yet these. Nonprofits are paying their people nine hundred thousand dollars a year plus. Just what we can see. <laughs> well, and this gets back to the accusations, right? Oh, she's a grifter. Mm -hmm. And I say this all the time. Edward's going to get so sick of hearing me say this every show. We're in a pros a post truth world right now. People can say anything they darn well please, especially the mainstream media, big media, right? So here, I would just want to quote from some of this because this is, this is really funny. My, I have a 20-year-old son who's constantly like hearing me, right? And he's like, but mom, all the people on the other side, they're accusing you of all the same things that you're accusing them of, right? He's, he's like stuck in the middle. He reads everything. And it's good to know what the other side is saying about you, but it's the tone. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I genuinely think that, you know, saying our side, but people who are interested in freedom. And as I said, the Bill of Rights and um, preserving America and American values. That's called the America side. Yes. Thank you. The American <laughs> side. Right. You know, we're 
We're not. (laughs) The tone of these articles says it all, I think. So I want to quote, this was from Vice speaking about American frontline nurses and Nicole specifically, quote, under Sirotek's leadership and leveraging her nursing qualifications, the group has undermined COVID-19 vaccine rollouts and public health measures and attacked childhood vaccine programs. It has even ventured into conspiracies, boosting lies about chemtrails and fluoride in drinking water. Sirotek also used her growing influence to threaten the safety of medical professionals. That's published. That's out there. That is someone uh, smearing your that. name mm-hmm. and yes. promoting, speaking of fa- misinformation, falsehoods about you. I, I mean, how do, how do you respond to all of this? Um, we, no, we don't. The thing is, is, you know, my attorney sent the lead guy that keeps attacking me, and he's the one that recruited advice to write that article and another one that's being published about us again today. He even said, it's going to be a costly lawsuit for you to stop me from saying anything. And we have that in writing from his attorney. They know that I can't afford $150,000 to a $200,000 defamation lawsuit. They know that the average person cannot afford that. And so that's why they are empowered and emboldened because you can't fight back because you're not going with the narrative and you just have to take the abuse and try and protect your people and and protect your flock the best you can while you're under this assault. And the ridiculous part about this is that they want to say, (laughs) I mean, isn't there research that says that fluoride is not good for you? I mean, I mean, it's it's all just ridiculous. I'm like, so I use a Berkey filter. That's probably because I don't want heavy metals in my children's water. Mm-hmm. I mean, we eat organic because I don't want pesticides and GMOs in my children. That's my choice. I can do that. That's why it's freedom. And there are people who have children that are injured from childhood vaccines and we believe them and we help them. We don't gaslight them. Mm-hmm. And as for this nonsense with being called a grift or a grifter, Julie and I both gave up our nursing careers in order to pilot American frontline nurses. And we both have jobs not in nursing where we work from home. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we pay our bills. And it's not associated with American frontline nurses. And lastly, our financials are available on our website. 100% of donations go back out to program services. And you can see on one of the lines on the tax form. Absolutely no one is generating any type of salary or payment or benefits from this. So to say what they want to say, I'm like, well, follow the money. The money is going back out to the patients. How can you say that I'm a grift? But I can't afford to fight back and stop them from saying that about me. So they can say whatever they want. No, we don't believe them anyway. So um, no, Nobody does, but their own followers. But, <laughs> right, so... Moving on into vaccines and vaccine-related injuries, but first I want to bring up, you know, what has been proven now about Infermectin? You know, because the far, far left pharmos, they they say it's not effective. They say that it shouldn't be used. Is that true? That's just... Here's the thing with that, and this is the interesting part. Apparently, ivermectin does not work on Caucasians in the United States. <laughs> That's apparently it's a racist what, drug. It yes. is a racist no, drug. A, it does not work on Caucasians in the United States, but it works it's on an everyone equitable else. Drug. It's an equitable <laughs> drug. It's got its DEI, DEI all, all. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So I'm sorry. In, uh, in yeah. Drug. 
<laughs> no, no, it's totally fine because that that's exactly how I feel. Like I feel it all, um, they say it only works uh, every, apparently it only works everywhere else in Spanish speaking uh, Hindi countries or in countries that speak Tagalog or something like that because we work, um, we have uh, international initiatives. Mm -hmm. So we work with uh, Central and South America and small communities and churches where they can get ivermectin over the counter. Everyone takes it. It's not a big deal. We worked uh, with rural areas in India and they take it there as well. They, COVID doesn't exist. We have one of our attorneys, she's in Dahab, Egypt. She's like, there's no COVID pandemic here. Mm. And we have people uh, in the Philippines with the monkeypox outbreak. They're like, there's there's no COVID here. We all take ivermectin. There's no COVID here. So there's a copious amounts of information on how ivermectin does work. And it's on the FLCCC's website. Mm -hmm. But the issue with research and being a licensed healthcare professional. Um, for example, the National Council of State Board of Nursing came out with a position statement on misinformation. And there are two qualifiers uh, for what um, is misinformation. So in order for it to be accurate information, it must be science-based. So there must be research articles about it. And that research must be accepted by the NIH, the FDA, and the CDC. So it doesn't matter if that research is out there, if it is not accepted by the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and all the other three-letter organizations, then it is deemed misinformation, even if it was a peer-reviewed article. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I take ivermectin whenever I get sick. I don't test myself. I haven't been tested since I came back from New York three years ago. As soon as I feel like I'm getting sick, um, I got my prescription from ivermectin from myfreedoctor.com. I get my supplements from the wellness company. Um, they have this uh, really great one called uh, Spike. What is, what's the name of that one, Julia? Spike glasses support. on. Spike support. Um, With natokinase in it. <laughs> yeah, that Dr. McCullough recommends. And, you know, I don't have any long hauler issues or any problems. And the adults in my family do the same. COVID doesn't exist for us like it does for other people because we're armed with early intervention protocols. And quite honestly, these other healthcare providers and these organizations and the federal government are weaponizing ivermectin against people and calling it a horse paste. So this medicine that we're talking about, is it kind of like um, very inexpensive where big pharma is not making the money off of it? Is that the problem? Yes, because it's a generic yes. um I mean, you can you can get it over the counter in pretty much every country with the exception of the U.S., of maybe Canada. I don't think it's available in Canada either. Right. But you can go to Mexico. It's in the vending machines in the airports. Right. And it's like $4 for four tablets. It's hard to go to Mexico because they're killing people. But yeah. you, so what about <laughs> but that? You can go anywhere. Yeah. You can go anywhere you won't have COVID, of. but you will be dead. Yeah. Um, hydroxychloroquine, yeah. how's that? Is that an effective drug? Yes, it's incredibly effective. Um, we switched over to having everyone um, do the FLCCC protocol with ivermectin just because that became available. Mm -hmm. uh, because remember, in the beginning, they demonized hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Um, but that is also incredibly cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, generic prescriptions are like $4. Do you know what it costs uh, retail price for Paxilovid? It's over $100. I know that. Um, and remdesivir? is about three to $5,000 for uh, five courses, a daily dose for five courses of an IV infusion. It's just bizarre that we would not choose economical repurposed drugs and we want to use expensive, untested drugs that are endangering lives and causing severe side effects. Okay, so going back to the World Economic Forum, Big Pharma 
they're all in cahoots and they're mm -hmm. paying off politicians, they're paying off medical groups, they're paying off everybody because there's so much money in this stream as well as control. It's all about control. I know, Kristen. And they, well, you know, they would not have been able to mandate the vaccines and push the vaccines through experimental use authorization, that sort of thing, if there was an effective treatment. So they had to squelch that from the get go. Now, absolutely. Speaking of, speaking of vaccine mandates, right? We're not allowed to say what we think, but they can be all over the place with their facts or fiction or whatever. The WHO, World Health Organization, just came out saying, oh, actually, maybe, wait a minute, maybe kids and teenagers don't really need the vaccine after all. <laughs> after two years of pushing it in for schools, right? There, mm -hmm. there are kids in districts that were forced to get the vaccine to come to in-person school. They know no bounds with this. But what are the ramifications that you guys are seeing with your patients cleaning up the mess from pushing the vaccine on absolutely everyone who did or did not need it? And there are real injuries out there that, again, is no one's allowed to talk about. But can you guys speak to what you guys are seeing with your patients and boots on the ground? Yes. Yeah, so I'll talk about the mandates and how it's affected people. And Julia can talk to you about what they're seeing on the front lines with the nurse advocates and the symptomology and things like that. But what we're seeing is that so many people lost their jobs. Um, many have lost their homes because they lost their jobs, not succumbing to the mandates. And uh, religious exemptions have been denied or have been vilified. We know that Team Halo is vilifying um, religious exemptions. They are trying to regulate your personal relationship with God because it does not meet your definition or their definition of uh, spirituality or religion. And it's just completely frightening. And we are seeing so many people come to us with injuries. You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. Like I used to be someone who believed in vaccine until I saw all of this happening. And they tell us that it's safe and effective, but I'm seeing completely opposite. And so are our nurses. We're mm -hmm. seeing injuries happen. We're seeing lives being destroyed by this vaccine. And sure, some people do just fine. And I'm glad for them, but there are so many more who are not doing well. Um, Julie and I were out doing educational outreach in Florida and there was a nurse that was talking to us and she was on the brink of committing suicide because the quality of her life had deteriorated so horribly because of her vaccine injury that death was a better option for her than life because she has lost her job, her home is getting foreclosed on and she's losing custody of her children because she physically can't care for them because of her vaccine injury. And this is what we're seeing all the time. Completely healthy people are being injured with neurological, cognitive, uh, musculoskeletal atrophies, and the list goes on and on. And Julia, do you want to talk about some of the cases that we've dealt with um, and we've oh, been trying to help? And they're they're absolutely heartbreaking. In fact, I just popped on to Twitter to see if I could find the nurse that you're talking about that we met in Florida and somebody that I've become very close with lost his daughter. Um, and it's just so sad. I mean, so not only are we dealing with the vaccine injuries, but we're also having to help the patients, the, the families that have lost their, that have lost their loved ones because of it. Um, I personally lost my grandfather six weeks after he got the first one. Um, he, yes, he was older. He had heart problems, but they gave it to him anyways. And he was, he got COVID two weeks later and was gone a month later. So within mm -hmm. six weeks, he got, he got the first one, he got COVID and he was dead in six, within six weeks. So um, are, the, are the vaccines tied to these athletes having heart attacks? The uh, 20 year olds who are super healthy 
and then all of a sudden they have a heart attack and die, like men and women. Is that a vaccine injury? It, no, that's just, they died suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Um, the the ridiculous it, property. Yeah. It's totally it's, normal. Yeah. And it's not normal for an 18 year old to pass away from an enlarged heart three months after getting the mm-hmm. vaccine. Right. And that's what I'm currently looking at right now. Um, Trista Martin wanted, she went behind her parents back and went and got it because she wanted to go to a concert last summer and went to her family doctor. And because she was 18, she didn't have to have any parental consent. Mm-hmm. They gave it to her and she died on November 11th of last year. They just celebrated her birthday last, um, last weekend and had a, a memorial for her birthday instead of a birthday party. And this is the type of stuff that we're, that we're seeing on a daily basis. But yet we're grifters. We're spreading misinformation. However, people are coming to us after all of this. Well, you you bring a really touchy subject up. I'm sorry to interrupt because I've lost faith in medical doctors in many respects because Mm -hmm. they feel perfectly fine that a 12 year old or a 14 year old woman, girl can have a hysterectomy and lead on to the life of being medically connected to big pharma to support their male lifestyle. And it's the same doctors that are giving out these vaccines. It's the same medical community overall that is killing people with these vaccines that clearly are damaging people's health. Mm -hmm. If they're not being, you know, if if they're not dying suddenly because of the vaccine, Many of them are having multiple issues. Um, mm-hmm. Cancers are off the off the charts. Yeah. I have a 21-year-old cousin who also got the vaccine because she thought she was doing the right thing. And within three months has a very rare stage, very rare form of ovarian cancer that does not run in our family. Mm-hmm. It uh, just I mean, in the vaccine, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're down to about... Two and a half minutes. I need to take another quick break for our sponsors. You're listening to Business Sense Radio and Issues That Matter with Kristen Hurley and Edward King. And we have had these wonderful guests from American Frontline Nurses, and we'll be right back. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit. Four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at FreedomFest.com. See you in Memphis. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, Business Writing, Outlook, and Sexual Harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com. Thank you. We're back and we're so pleased that you two could join us. Now, we don't want to miss the last opportunity to remind people that you guys are fighting this battle and you're getting support, financial support, but not nearly enough. And the battle continues and you're not 
you don't you don't have the funding to go out there and do what needs to be done. So I'm asking my audience to please participate. Go to AmericanFrontlineNurses.org. Look for a way that you can donate uh, donate funds. If you have uh, medical connections or your lawyers, we they need some yeah, pro bono yes. law ex- support. Um, you know, I come from a family of lawyers, seven generations. So um, there are good lawyers out there. They're not all prosecuting the president of the United States or they're not ignoring the crimes of the of the current president of the United States. There are good lawyers out there, and I'm asking you to reach out to these people and help them out. And Nicole and Julia, I thank you for being here, but you have a minute. What is the last word you'd like to share? Well, I'd like to really encourage people to take care of their health um, and not lose hope there still are good healthcare professionals out there, like those that work for My Free Doctor and the wellness company and the nurses at American Frontline Nurses. We're all here for you. And we encourage you to reach out to us um, via our website or our social medias, AmericanFrontlineNurses.com and all of our social medias if you need help. Um, we are screening people because of the you know, attacks that we get, but we haven't stopped helping people. We still help anywhere from a thousand to 3000 people a month that are either vaccine injured or are struggling um, with other healthcare issues, but we're here for you. That's why we created American frontline nurses. Mm -hmm. Julia, anything from you? Um, Just do not hesitate to reach out and, you know, any way we can help you, we do. Um, We don't do the big circuit of going from you know, event to event because we do not have the funds. And when we go to those types of events, it takes us away from helping the patients. Mm-hmm. So that's a question we do get quite often is why aren't you, you know, why aren't you with McCullough here? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? It's because it takes us away mm-hmm. and we don't have the funds to, to do that. And then we, we also don't want to derail helping the patients that we're helping. Right. And again, I want to thank Nicole and Julia. We couldn't have done this. We are so happy to share this across America. And we want to have you back in the future. So stay in touch. We will. Best of luck from both Kristen Thank you, ladies. Yeah, and I. I love it. You're on the front lines. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so stay on. We'll talk after the show. And you've been listening to Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. You can contact Edward and Kristen through our website, bcrradio.com. And be sure to join us again next week at this same time on this station for another edition of Issues That Matter. The preceding was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit. Four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at FreedomFest.com. See you in Memphis. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, Business Writing, Outlook, and Sexual Harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com.